Welcome to this special podcast series sponsored by Six Clicks. Series Spotlight, revolutionizing GRC with Six Clicks. Over the next five episodes, I visit with Joe Shore, Vice President of Global Channel Sales, Andrew Robinson, Co-Founder and Chief Information Security Officer, Stephen Walter, Head of Marketing, Dr. Heather Buker, Chief Technology Officer, and Ant Stevens, Co-Founder and Chief Executive Officer. Over this series, we will break down the Six Clicks Hub and Spoke approach, utilizing artificial intelligence and machine learning in governance, risk, and compliance, curating and maintaining a robust GRC content, producing audit-ready reports, and look at what is next for Six Clicks down the road. And now a word about Six Clicks. Six Clicks is your complete operating system for risk and compliance perfect interplay of content and functionality. Implement any risk and compliance program supercharged with the world's first AI engine for GRC practitioners. No matter the size of your company or the depth of project given to your advisory. White labeled, automated, fast, clear, and agile GRC. That's six clicks. In this part one, I'm joined by Joe Shore, Vice President of Global Channel Sales, and we break down the six clicks hub and spoke approach. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. Welcome to episode one of our five-part series. Today, we'll be taking up managing a multi-entity GRC architecture with six clicks hub and spoke. I'm joined today by Joe Shore. Joe is the Vice President of Global Channel Sales at Six Clicks. So, Joe, first of all, Welcome, and thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Tom, thanks a million. Could you tell us what your day-to-day role is at Six Clicks? Sure. So I'm in charge of, as it says, global channels, which encompasses service provider partners and technology partners and what people think of as the traditional channel resale role. It's kind of funny. I'm I'm an odd duck to a degree in that, you know, I'm working for a high-tech software company, but... 99% 99% of my background is in the consulting field going back 30-some years. So I've done a, a ton of security and risk consulting over the years. And all of that work kind of drove me to the point that I'm at now where I was always sort of looking for that holy grail solution to help me out what I do for a living. And the things that are being done at Six Clicks fit right in with what we were trying to do for years manually and on paper and everything else. Well, Joe, I was intrigued by the name Hub and Spoke, and I thought that was a great way to name the tool. And I understand that Six Clicks had a multi-tenant or a federated model. Could you tell us the evolution to Hub and Spoke and really what's the difference and what does it mean? It's funny. The um, If you say federated or even if you say multi-tenant, it kind of makes sense to a lot of the people that we were originally working with, which was managed security providers and managed services providers. So in reality, it's kind of a geekier term. (laughs) Like People like me get what a federated model is with whether it's databases or application development or whatever you might have. In reality, the U.S. is a federal model. There's a big national government and then there's states that all, you know, you can report up into it. A lot of companies are organized that way, a lot of organizations. In reality, what it really is, and the easiest way to communicate is, it is a hub-and-spoke model. Just like with airline travel, back in the old days of networking, you know, we had hubs and routers and switches and the computers all hooked to a hub. This is very much almost the same exact thing. 
in our model, we're using what we call a center of excellence, which can be that, you know, think of it as the headquarters or think of it as the, the hub or the terminal in an airport. And then you have the different wings go out to the different entities. And you can pull different types of data and analytics and things from those entities or those spokes are out there, bring them back into the center of excellence. And then the center of excellence, by the same token, can have a lot of centralized benefits like templates and control sets and things. And they're able to push that out at the same time to all these different entities. So it truly is. If you draw it up on a napkin, it looks like a hub and spoke the way that we're doing it. Whether you call it federated hub and spoke or whatever it is, it's really the kind of the holy grail of what people have been looking for for a long time in being able to control from a central location some stuff that's really, really complex and things that require a ton of data flowing both ways. Jill, that's a lot about the what, but let me focus on the why. And if I could maybe expand on that, I think really everyone understands this is about risk, management of risk. Risk is not bad, and it's how you manage that risk. Maybe you could explain why this is so powerful, but really on the management of risk. You know, it's tough. A lot of what we're seeing in the news, the kind of high-profile stories and the vulnerabilities and the threats and the different massive attacks are happening. A lot of press is given to threats and really not a lot of press and really not probably the parallel effort isn't being given to the risk community at large. A lot of what we're trying to do, people like me, that we're bridging both worlds, the cybersecurity world and the risk management world. We were cobbling together tools for years using spreadsheets. Some of the legacy GRC tools are out there. My son is a power lineman. And if you ever look at linemen's tools, a lot of them have like a hammering surface on them. (laughs) So these folks go up in a pole and if they have to hammer something, they're using their wrench or the back of a screwdriver. It's not the best way to do things, but they literally can't, they don't have a third hand to go reach for that hammer when they just need to, you know, whack a staple in. That's kind of how risk professionals have felt for a very long time. It's a combination of being, having a fight with one hand tied behind your back, or just having to, you know, go to war with the wrong tools at your disposal. So once we graduated from spreadsheets and at least we got into some GRC tools being developed, that was great. But the problem was that they were very much a standalone function. They were pretty much just spreadsheets that were translated into software or presented differently with a kind of a two-dimensional dashboard. They didn't take into account the way that businesses are really arranged. So as an example, you know, the past few years, I did a lot of work with public equity firms. So they've got, you know, anywhere from a dozen to 200 portfolio companies under the control. So if a PE firm wants to control, you know, their risk posture, and they come up with, you know, they engage in outside companies, spend a couple million dollars to create a kind of a bulletproof risk framework that they're going to follow. They need to be able to push that out to 200 different companies who are very, very different. They're operating in different segments, different industries. They're bigger, they're smaller, they're all over the map. So to do that, you need to have something that truly is like what we're talking about, a hub and spoke model. The ability to pull you know, a lot of different disparate data up into a central location and at the same time be able to push back down to those disparate entities some kind of unified methodology and unified frameworks and unified controls. That's always been a really tough thing to do. And if you imagine trying to do that on spreadsheets, it's almost impossible. I've done it. <laughs> and that's 
what led me down the road to eventually working for Six Clicks is that we were always trying to figure out a better, better way to do this. And it was tough. This is what we're looking for. It's not just replacing the spreadsheets. It's replacing them, doing it in the same fashion, being able to pull in a bunch of different controls and compliance mandates, which are constantly being updated. All this manual work that we had to do got in the way of actually being able to do the risk work. So now you've got, you have the ability to free your risk people up to actually do the risk work instead of having to worry about the tool itself or the tools. Let me see if I can follow up on a couple of those points and really thinking through the hub and spoke model. So at the end of the spoke, and we'll just follow with your example of a private equity firm with multiple portfolio companies, not unusual at all, sometimes in the same industry, but sometimes not. So you have a a wide variety of data, disparate sources of data that you have to pull in. And first of all, the disparate data has to be collected, but then the data has to be collated in a way that can be utilized by the private equity firm, the corporate office, whatever the, the hub might be. Yet there are more stakeholders and those subsidiaries or portfolio companies at the end of the spoke We'll need that data to make tactical, if not strategic decisions and choices so that there has to be differentiation back. Now, if I could overlay, you're going to have to report to senior management. You're going to have to report to the board of directors, all in a changing (laughs) regulatory environment. It seems to me that this is an incredibly powerful way to collect and utilize data. Did I kind of describe it generally fairly within uh, the context of the Hub and Spoke model? Yeah, and not just with the Hub and Smoke model. You literally described what a risk consulting engagement would look like. This is real life has happened. If you're hired to do a risk assessment against those 200 portfolio companies, exactly what you described is what happens. You've got a massive set of risk data and all kinds of different things you've collected. You have interviews, you've done vulnerability scanning, you've done risk assessments, third-party risk assessments, vendor assessments, everything you can possibly imagine. So that's all rolled up collected somewhere and a bunch of smart people look at it and they're all trying to grade it, do things manually and push it around. And at the end of the day, just like you said, and this is really important, you do have to report on it. So you have to have that kind of board level report and sort of the C-suite report. Then you have what I always call that director or functional management report in the middle. They're the ones that really have to read this, decipher it and get it pushed out wherever. And then there's that bottom layer report that really needs to go out. It's almost a raw data level report that goes out to the people in the field or the people at those portfolio companies who are responsible for having to, you know, quote, fix things. So you have this risk assessment says you've got these 10 things wrong. These three are critical. Fix them right now. Well, getting that down to the proper people, getting it tracked and all that remediation, making sure that the remediation gets done. Again, that Back in the day, it was all spreadsheets and it was, you know, you'd have a wall like this next to me be covered with shower board and people would be markering up walls for months at a time trying to file these projects. What you just said is what we're trying to accomplish right now, with this hub and spoke model and the methodology. It sort of makes all that, again, it makes all that a much more trivial and mundane matter. You're not worrying about how you're going to do the project or what kind of tools you're going to use. You actually are worrying about the risk data itself and the business problems and all the things you should be worrying about. You know, it takes one enormous headache out of the equation. It strikes me that the hub and spoke model really allows you to have a, I don't want to say basic conversation, but a conversation that a wide variety of people can understand. I mean, I'm a lawyer and I understood it. 
but you're going to have non-technical folks at the C-suite or executive level and certainly in, in the board level and everywhere in between. And it strikes me that you can explain sort of everyone's role in that process. And then the technical people who need to do the technical things can pull that data and do that as well. Would that also be a fair assessment? Yeah, that's kind of beauty of it because you can craft it. There's sort of two sides of coin. You can control who has access to what kind of data within, you know, you're collecting a lot of really sensitive stuff. Not everybody in portfolio company 131 needs to see what's going on in portfolio company number 75. So, you know, you need to segregate all that data. You have to have access control over who can see what. But then by the same token, you need to make there enough of a degree of freedom that you can utilize the information you want to. So all that access control that's built into it is really important too. Because like you said, you've oddly, you know, you've got board level people who in theory, and they may say they want to see everything, but they don't really want to see the raw data. But they may not be the right people to see everything that's going on. It might be that middle layer where they've got to be able to see how things get reported to the board and how things are being remediated down in the weeds. They get the most access control over all the data. Again, in the past, you couldn't really do that. And you sure as heck couldn't do it with a couple hundred companies worth. Or, you know, if you're a burger franchise and you've got tens of thousands of stores around the world, you know, owned by thousands of franchisees, you couldn't do it manually without. No matter how big those systems were, the fact that they really weren't multi-tenant or federated or followed a hub-and-spoke methodology, it made it almost impossible. You had to have hundreds and thousands of instances of these pieces of data build out. So, Joe, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time, but I hope our listeners will join us tomorrow for our next episode where I'm joined by Andrew Robinson, co-founder and CISO at Six Clicks, where we take up utilizing machine learning and AI in your GRC practice. Joe, thanks again. I look forward to continuing this conversation. Thanks, Tom. Great to be with you. This is Tom Fox. Thanks again for listening to my series on Six Clicks, who is revolutionizing GRC. You can find out more about Six Clicks by checking out their website, www6, that's the number six, clicks.com. I've also linked to it in the show notes. I hope you will join me for the rest of this series, as I know you will learn a lot about how Six Clicks is truly revolutionizing the GRC and risk and compliance space. This special podcast series, Revolutionizing GRC with Six Clicks, is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network.